Welcome to Next CLT. Next CLT is a business development initiative that focuses on strengthening companies owned by black indigenous people of color in Charlotte. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Next CLT's podcast. Today we have the pleasure of meeting with Miguel Avila. And Miguel is an entrepreneur and he runs a cool business that helps people have fun and have a vacation kind of experience with just building pools, etc., and many other things. I'll have Miguel explain it. But he's also a very unique person in that he's always giving back. He always cares about helping others get better. And so, Miguel, if you would, tell me a little bit about your business. Yeah, happy. Uh, happy to chat a little bit more about Daily Pools. Uh, Daily Pools is a swimming pool contractor that exists to build outdoor spaces and inspire time together. We primarily work on the residential market, but are beginning to work in commercial projects. Our uh, market currently, uh, customer segment market is residential. But again, we are moving into commercial work and government contracting. I know you get customers who you give the wow factor. What's something that you've given your customers that they like were like, man, this is like so brilliant. Give me a, a situation in one of those situations where a customer was like so enthralled with what you guys did that they had such a wow moment and you like just started smiling. Yeah, I think the best part of building um, outdoor spaces is being able to, you know, put something together that a family or a group of people can enjoy. Uh, the most recent project that we completed included a grotto with a eight-foot drop, um, which required moving heavy stones with um, equipment uh, such as skid loaders in place to, you know, do a rock formation and, you know, adding water to it to, to make it a waterfall feature. And seeing, you know, the homeowner, when we turn on the waterfall, uh, smile and their reaction, um, kind of seeing everything together. Um, so it was a rewarding experience. Um, and with this most recent project, um, having the homeowner just have, you know, the first time that they saw the water come out of the waterfall uh, was what's, you know, great, great moment. Yeah. Cool. Cool. What do you wish everybody could understand about your role as the CEO of your company? And, and, you know, I mean, tell us in that space, you know, families, you, your brother is involved and just talk about that whole situation. Sure. Um, so we are a family owned and operated company. Uh, we've been in business for, you know, seven years, five months. And, we work together. You know, one of our values uh, in our business is we care. And, you know, as a family, small business, of course, we care about each other. We care about our employees. And, you know, one of my roles as the CEO is really kind of leaning in and helping everyone uh, make their jobs easier, finding ways that I can utilize my expertise uh, to just guide them in, in the direction that they need to. And also, um, specifically around operations, you know, what, what is it that I can do to help um, our crew members uh, be uh, more efficient and safe in, in a job site? And the way that looks typically is with um, additional tools, acquiring heavy equipment, 
and finding areas that we can utilize technology and equipment to be more efficient and safe in every job. So as the CEO making everybody's job easy and leaning in, hey, as you also a, a continuous learner, and what are some things you're researching the most right now? What are you looking at the most right now? Um, going back to equipment, um, right now I'm really leaning into understanding the different uh, capabilities of Caterpillar equipment, specifically um, skid loaders. They're 299 and 289. The three models um, are you know pretty versatile machines that have a lot of attachments that you can utilize for all sorts of applications, something that you can use as you scale your business from residential to commercial, maybe even government and civil work. Um, it's really uh, something that I care about and you know, I found uniquely interesting and something that I've you know been looking into more and more as we begin to grow as a business as to try to understand where can we invest um, that you know we'll be able to use not just now in the residential space but as we scale up into other markets and customer segments that you know can also transfer over with us. And so you talk about researching those things. You're currently participating in NextCLT's Business Accelerator at present. What have you learned and how have you applied what you've learned in your business and to your business? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of different components to the NextCLT program that I've enjoyed. Uh, well, first of all, being in a cohort of other operators, it's always helpful to you know, be able to lean in with classmates and, and you know, specifically those who are in a similar uh, revenue size and, and and maybe facing some of the challenges that uh, we're facing. But, you know, one of the things that I'm recently uh, started implementing our, in our business is the profit first approach. So it's a, a methodology that, you know, was used to us during one of our sessions and also recommended reading. Um, if anyone's heard of it, you know, profit first by Michael, uh, I think his name is Mike, Mike, Michael Wicks. Profit first. It's really this idea of bringing in um, your your operating um, accounts into five different buckets to be able to separate the way that you uh, manage cash, which is uh, you know in the construction industry very very important. I think oftentimes people don't realize that as you scale up in sales, you also have to of course scale up on expenses, and if sales ever dip down that um, expense line, if you look at a line chart, might not dip down at the same rate as your sales. So you always have to be mindful that you're not um, taking on more expenses than you can you know, afford. And Profit First takes this idea of putting profit aside first and then operating out of what's left so that you can truly manage your company uh, and not worry so much about you know, pushing profit to the end of the road. You talked about the relationship and leaning in with other entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And you're, early on, you talked about family. So tell me a little bit about your heritage. Tell me a little bit of your heritage and culture. Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm Latino, uh, first generation, uh, Mexican-American, uh, Latino. Uh, it's interesting. I uh, was born in California and spent part of my childhood in Mexico City, where I learned, you know, Spanish, and and eventually um, came back to the U.S. Um, in my early years, or I 
in fifth grade and and began to learn English. So English is actually my second language. But uh, as a Latino uh, in the South, I definitely feel like I've been influenced by the culture here, um, specifically growing up, hip-hop culture, and, you know, was able to take some of that, you know, knowledge and hip-hop culture and kind of integrate it with my Latino heritage, um, you know, to kind of build my personality over the years. Tell me about, you know, your background, your culture, your foods that you like, all those type of things. You talk about hip-hop culture and music. And how did you like, wh- what did you like about Mexico City when you were there and then California and then the South? What are the differences between there and, you know, the bridging of Latinos in those different places? Yeah, of course. You know, so I- I've been blessed to having uh taking part in different programs throughout the city of charlotte including next clt where you know i've been able to you know be a a sort of leader in my community of, of latinos um having participated in programs like next clt i most recently did a program at stanford university called elban the latino business action network mm-hmm. uh, where i got to meet a lot of other latino latina owned businesses uh, from across the U.S. And, you know, the way I kind of look at the Latino community, um, my lens is more focused in business uh, as of as of now and how those businesses are impacting our community. Um, so I try to do work uh, in that space. Most recently, I taught the first Latino uh, business class um, at UNC Charlotte. Uh, it was a customer discovery class um, that was taught by the Center of entrepreneurship and innovation in Charlotte. And it was focused on helping Latino-owned businesses uh, understand the customer discovery process. So I, I like giving back to the community and trying to find ways to to reconnect to make sure that we can see more businesses um, like Daily View Pools scale up and, and grow over the years. As a business owner, as a person who is has moved around in different places, what challenges do Latinos or Latinx people face in America today? Looking at it from a business, uh, small business lens, I, I think a challenge that our community and the Latino and Latina, uh, you know, operating side is uh, are facing is uh, access to capital. So I've been able to work with a few Latino, Latino-owned businesses, and um, access to capital has been a challenge. And I think part of that has to do with just culturally, we um, typically have been raised, at least, you know, millennials and Gen Zs to not access credit or not get into debt. But, you know, when you're taking on larger projects, um, it is important for uh, a small business to be able to have access to all the tools at their disposal, like lines of credit and, you know, equipment to uh, credit to finance equipment and I see that as a as a current challenge to allow small businesses to scale up. Uh, a lot of them are operating in cash, and um, you know aren't able to finance uh, their operations uh, like equipment and so on. Access to capital is a barrier for most entrepreneurs, and then in the Latino community, like you said, culturally you don't go access to credit. I'm going to shift gears here for a second. How has Latinos or Latinx people influenced the American culture and in the world of business as well? So culturally, business-wise, and just the culture of the uh, U.S.? 
I think right now, one thing that hasn't been put in the forefront or not a lot of people talk about is the amount of spending power that Latino community has in the country. You know, if you look at the U.S. Um, and specifically the Latino population in the U.S., um, we, we make a large number uh, of, you know, the GDP, uh, at least in the ability to, you know, purchase goods and services. And that's only increasing uh, over the years. Um, you know, there are starts out, starts out there um, that have been published, like uh, by programs like the Stanford Latino Business Action Network, around the power of, you know, the Latino, Latina uh, in the U.S. when it comes to spending. Um, but, you know, that's something that I, I hope that more larger firms, uh, Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies, uh, take a look at, because I, I think a lot of times they, when they think about expanding into different markets, they're looking at other countries, uh, maybe other regions uh, of the world, but they're not always uh, looking inside of their backyard and thinking, how can we target the Latino, Latina consumer and grow our business that way? Um, and, you know, I think culturally, we're going to have the bigger, bigger impact um, over the years as we begin to spend, um, you know, more money locally. And we have hopefully more large companies that are um, servicing Latino and Latina consumers. Thanks for sharing that. And that is a pretty impactful and influential opportunity for not only enterprise businesses, but businesses who may not be as large to actually access and tap into that market. As you think about what you're doing, why is NextCLT important for the Latin community of entrepreneurs in the city? I think part of it is uh, access to resources and access to networks. You know, NextCLT is a program that's really well put together. You know, I've been blessed to do a few programs uh, throughout the years, and the structure and the pace of the program um, is one of the best that I've I've seen and have experienced as a participant. And I think for the Latino community specifically, uh, is being able to access a network, um, you know, that is outside of the community, specifically accessing the network at UNC Charlotte and accessing networks um, with supplier, um, type, type of suppliers that NextCLT has connections to, as well as being able to work with other operators. Because I know you actually, as uh, somebody who makes sure that you create access and opportunity to other resources, not only within the Mecklenburg County and the city of Charlotte, but across the country. Here's what I'd like to ask you and wrap up with. What are two things or pieces of advice you can share that will uplift other Latino or Latinx entrepreneurs? And can you do it in two ways for me? Can you do it in English and then in Spanish as well? Sure. Two pieces of advice that I would give to Latino and Latina-owned businesses are starting out. First would be to not forget about profit. You know, taking the profit-first approach when you're scaling your company. You know, again, as you kind of scale a business and you're taking on more sales and creating more uh, revenue, likely your expenses will also increase. You have to make sure that you can set some money aside uh, for profit for yourself um, to keep the business running. And I'll share that in Spanish. Cuando empiezas un negocio, uh, una de las ideas de 
que yo le explicaría a alguien que empezara a usar es la idea de poner un poco de sus ganancias del dinero de cada depósito que reciban a una cuenta separada a que sea designada para las ganancias para que cuando sigan creciendo sus negocios uh, tengan la habilidad de tener una cuenta designada para uh, ahorros y, y ganancias. Es la idea de Profit First. The second piece of advice I would give um, small business owners is to utilize the local resources available in the community. There's a lot of great organizations in the city doing a lot of good work to help small businesses grow. You know, just taking the time to Being into those resources uh, will help a lot as you start in your entrepreneurship journey. And in Spanish, I would say that by saying que hay muchos um, organizaciones en la ciudad que ayudan a los negocios pequeños, las empresas pequeñas de aquí en la ciudad. Y para poder crecer, eh, es importante que utilices uh, todos uh, los tipos de uh, organizaciones que existen para crecer a tu negocio uh, con el tiempo. So, Miguel, I want to thank you so very much for taking the time to meet with us and to be also part of the next CLT family. And as we continue to build bridges and grow, we just want to say to you, thank you for this time that you spent with us today. Thank you for sharing some uh, pieces of advice. And we're wishing your company uh, continue to, that it continues to elevate and grow as we move forward and then continue to give back. So we greatly appreciate you and thank you very much. Thank you, Eric.